0: The light was such this morning that every track stood out against the dust. As every creature ventured out, the hunted and the hunter, into the full moon night, before the hoof prints and the footprints of the day, coyote, rabbit, snake, quail, raccoon, perhaps a bobcat, perhaps not, I leave my booted trail behind me as all the other mornings I've disturbed The sage says, leave no trace, but my path is littered. Loves and lovers, once a school, old friendships, several good dogs, a good morning for reading the dust.
1: I'm
2: from here,
1: here's the story. Welcome back to the Townies Podcast. I am Kim Maxwell, and I am a Townie. I am a Townie who loves other people's stories. I teach a weekly writing and performance workshop here in my ridiculously small fishbowl of a town nestled in the foothills of Ventura County. And for 25 years, the raw and vulnerable musings of my brilliant and courageous students have sent me home filled with hope. Some of my beloved students are seasoned professionals. Some have never even been on a stage before. But there they are, up in front of a live audience, flinging themselves and their brand new words into the abyss. Their reward? They have been heard. They matter. Their words matter. And the audience? Well, they have just officially been granted permission to do the same to go out there somewhere and take a big old risk. And that is the sacred exchange between terrified storyteller and gracious audience member. Permission. I love people's stories, because stories are what connect us. This is the Townies Podcast. Welcome to the Neighborhood. Episode 23, Oh, the Places We've Gone. Kicking off this week's episode, Eternally Broken Heart, written and performed by Jeanette Stomphly. An Ojai Townie by way of Switzerland, Jeanette is a meditation and mindfulness teacher with three amazing children and a tech specialist husband of 25 years.
0: I'm from a Greenland where glacial winds still penetrate through layers of protective technologies. I'm from a country where mountains once made travel difficult and one could tell people's birthplace to within five miles by their accent. I'm from a country that has perfected the art of being neutral. LAUGHTER Swiss, conscientious, tight, humorless, dutiful seriousness. No room to play, no room to fail, careful, calculated. I'm good at this, perfection. The little wisp of a smile and the trembling uncertainty quickly swept under the rug and stepped on. And then you have to stay there. (laughs) How boring and brittle. My heart wants to be free. It wants to play and skip from rock to rock with a chance to get wet feet once in a while. Mm -hmm. I miss waking up in a quiet white world, sounds muffled by a fresh blanket of snow, Colours reduced to whites, greys and blacks with the occasional splash attracting the rested eye. I miss spring, crisp white turning to gooey grey and brown. Muddy dirty puddles everywhere, just when everything looks utterly worn out. New sprouts, new hope, new life, first tenderly, then forcefully pushing through now exposed layers of false decaying bounty. Switzerland becomes so green, it hurts the eye and quickens the heart. I miss the greenness, the sound of running water, the sensation of rain hitting my face, fogging my vision. I miss stepping outside in the morning to catch wafts of freshly brewed espresso and warm bread. My sense is opened by sounds of passing streetcars, clunking cable cars, switching tracks, and the symphony, of footsteps on cobblestones. Sadness swelling up like an underground river bursting forth from nowhere. Green eyes, smiling, sparkling, beaked nose, always moving, bulging vein between his eyes when angry or very passionate. I see him lean forward at the dinner table and I know he has something important to say. I hear his voice. His voice carried command. He was a regal man, lean, erect. He always seemed taller than he actually was. My father was like a full moon in a dark winter night. Palpable pain made him soft and alive. He was loud and obnoxious too. When I was a teenager, my friend thought he was great. I was embarrassed. I tried hard not to stick out. He didn't care. (laughs) His mother died of tuberculosis when he was only 10. The pain of it never left him. He really cared to give us four kids a stable and safe home. He laughed and billowed. Life is a celebration. Please let yourselves enjoy food, friends, and family. I miss you your cheerful, loud, unapologetic dance with life. I miss the guttural sing-song of my native language, its texture warm and rich and inviting, its expression soothing to my ear and easy for tongue and mouth, like a well-worn leather glove fits the hand. Why do I have this longing for something I don't want anymore? I have known for some time that I don't want to move back there. I'm from there, but I don't belong there anymore. Homeless. I am a legal alien. Not even my children speak my mother tongue. English, not mine yet, and Swiss German, not totally mine anymore. There's a feeling of inadequacy, of being slightly different, of loss. There is a wound in my heart that cannot be fixed. Over time, the sharp pain has given way to a more general ache which remains as a sense of warmth. Appreciation for this world and real joy grow from this. Uncertainty brings open possibility. I'm in love with the earth, the sky, the ocean, the wind, the human heart. I am in love with the many forms of human expressions, languages, art forms, bodies with their many graces. Diversity is my new home. Versatility, my language. Uncertainty, my heart.
1: You just heard from Jeanette Stompley. The Widow Woman of Santa Inez, written and performed by Susanna Jocelyn Johansson. A word nerd in every sense, this actress, writer, true blue free spirit came to our tiny town by way of Santa Inez many years ago, and boy, are we glad she did.
3: Shortly after I moved to Santa Inez, I met a young woman who asked if I was single. Oh, you want to hang out? Though <laughs> so, I should tell you, there's only like one totally hot single bachelor in this whole Santa Inez Valley. So we all got our eye on the same prize. <laughs> so like, I would be your friend, but like, so you just keep in mind, underneath it all, I will be your competitor. (laughs) You want to go wine tasting sometime? I did find a great manicurist. She looks much younger than the mother of five that she is, and she told me of the same man. We all love him. He's so handsome. Finally, when this man was pointed out to me, I noticed how women came up to him finding any excuse to touch his hand or wrap their arms around him and just generally make fools of themselves. I came to despise this man with his long curly eyelashes and his flawless salt and pepper hair that <laughs> fell all the way down to his perfect bootcut blue jeans. <laughs> One time, in the midst of one of these huggy exchanges, he looked over this woman's shoulder at me and caught me rolling my eyes in disgust. Eventually, we were in the habit of glaring at one another across a crowded restaurant. Or walking past one another, we would throw our heads in the air as if to say, I despise you. This afternoon, I'm sitting in the cantina, staring at my laptop. I'm writing a travel piece about my new hometown. In the late afternoon sunlight, the land is an undulating ocean of shimmering gold. Sensual and surreal are the womanly curves of this mysterious valley. I mean, I don't know if that's, it's a little... It's a little bit crappy. and <laughs> You know, I used to know how to write, but ever since I came here, it's like I'm losing my words. I mean, how do you lose your words? It just seems like I'm losing my whole language. How do you lose your language? You can't lose your language. I'll tell you how you can lose your language. You move to a, a shit-kicker town where the only liberal within 30-mile radius is David Crosby. <laughs> and you spend your whole day talking to nobody but Arabian horses. That's how. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> and, and, and I, and I look, look all around me, and who do I see but the bachelor king sitting over there at the table next to the wall. And he's frozen, mid sip, trying not to laugh at me. Yes, yes, you did say that out loud. <laughs> uh, I myself talk to horses. Uh, that's what I do for a living, actually. Uh, if you need some help talking with the horses, I can help you with that. <laughs> no, I don't need some help talking with the horses. <laughs> the waiter bartenders here at the cantina have become my patron saints. They watch over me diligently. I think of them as the BB BBs, beautiful, bisexual Bartender boys. <laughs> black jeans, black t-shirts, and I suspect black wings, ready to unfurl at any moment. One of them flies over protectively, hovering, as the bachelor king looks down at my table as I sit here in my writerly despair. Have you met Rinaldo? He is the most eligible bachelor in Santa Inez. <laughs> I see two of the other BBBBs zoom over and I think perhaps they take flight for a moment, joining hands and flying in a circle over my table.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: or that could just be the margarita kicking in. <laughs> Ronaldo offers his hand in a gesture of peace and I introduce myself in a manner I hope will be equally off-putting. Ronaldo, Bachelor King, I am Susanna. Widow Woman of Santa Inez. (laughs) And at this moment, two older gentlemen practically fall off their chairs in some form of fright, slam their money on the table, throw down their drinks, and bump into each other as they run tripping toward the street and away from the cantina. Uh I wonder what that was about. (laughs) I can explain. (laughs) May I sit with you? Before I can respond, Rinaldo makes himself at home, stretching his long legs underneath the table and ordering a margarita on the rocks from the dark angel. You may think this sounds like a fairy tale or a fable, but it is a story told by all the old ones here. And I don't want to sound crazy, but I have seen her myself. Some call her the ghost woman and some call her the widow woman of Santa Inez. Oh.
2: <laughs>
3: when you introduced yourself thus, you scared the bejesus out of those two fellows. When he observes me to press down the creases in the tablecloth, he interrupts himself. Your hands are so tiny. He picks up my hand and examines it as if it's a little seashell. Like a little girl. The ghost woman walks in great strides, her long black skirt and layers of petticoat sweeping along the smooth highway. Her face so sad and so beautiful and full of moonlight. Her long hair falls wildly around her face, and when there is an uncontrollable fire in Los Padres, they say it is she. As I listen to Rinaldo's story about the widow woman of Santa Inez. I can't help but notice how animated he is when he tells it. And I begin to forget everything I had decided about him. His expressive hands are so strong and somehow commanding. His hair pulled back into a long braid seems now practical and utilitarian, not studied as I once thought. And I begin to wonder about what kind of man is he really? Or does anyone here really know him? I sense smoke in the air, and for a moment I imagine that we are sitting next to a campfire, and he is singing me a song about a mysterious ghost in the fog. It is she who walks the yellow line of the highway, and they say it is the line between the land of the living and the land of the dead, and they say that she tames you with her siren song to the other side. But I think she is not an evil spirit, but simply one who wanders restlessly until she is reunited with her beloved. Beloved. (laughs) That's a pretty word. (laughs) Yes, it is. You smell like chocolate and cinnamon. You smell like a cookie? <laughs> yes, you smell like a Christmas cookie.
2: <laughs>
3: Christmas. Oh. Last Christmas. Sorry. Last Christmas, I was sitting in a little chair next to a bed in the hospital as I watched my beloved fade into the next world. It's twice. Twice I've fallen in love, and twice that I've been the bride. And twice that I've danced this widow dance. I will not fall in love again. Ever. Woman, you need a hug. (laughs) Rinaldo stands suddenly, and as he does, he takes my hand, pulls me out of my chair, and into his arms. I feel somehow wrapped in kindness and protection in some way separate from time. And as we begin to unembrace, Rinaldo looks down at me very seriously, (coughs) and pulls me toward him again, and, well, he kisses me. I mean, not the big kind of kiss, you know, more like the little kind, mm-hmm. not the invasive species kind.
2: <laughs>
3: and I will tell him, as I know you're thinking I should, that you just don't go around hugging and kissing people you don't even know. I am telling him that really soon.
2: <laughs>
3: I mean, not right this moment. And, well, I don't want to hear the rest of the story about the ghost woman, but I would definitely tell him next time I see him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We were listening to Susanna Jocelyn Johansson. And now, Christine Tavares with Dancing Ground written by john morrell from the ep sunshine way Run
2: into the sun we On the dancing ground
1: To learn more about the music and performers featured on the Townies Podcast, please visit thetowniespodcast.org. Next up, SP the Best, written and performed by Catalina Solis sunflowers and forests and good food and stand-up comedy and human rights and environmental activism and social justice and Catalina Solis is one amazing human and the very dearest of friends.
4: Once upon a time there was a female child and her name was Esperanza Esperanza means hope, which is kind of the best. And even though she was kind of the best, everyone just called her Espy. Her father was the official mariachi to the royal court. He was so good that one time he made all the females royal faint while listening to one of his newly composed love songs. Her mother was the royal costumer, the finest in the land. Her needle and thread could transform even the nastiest of Espy's stepsisters into beauties. Their costumes may have made them beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, they were ugly. <laughs> ugly. <laughs> Espy nicknamed them the Viper Sisters. <laughs> and although the Viper Sisters were awful to the core... It wasn't until the oldest of them married that Espe discovered what cruel was. The new husband was a kind of cruel that would leave a hole in Espe's soul. It made her afraid and ashamed. And so the secret began. Half of Espe's siblings, including the Viper sisters, were born in the magical and mystical land of Mexico. The other half, including Espy, were born in the slightly less magical land of Los Angelitos. (laughs) This earned Espy and her Los Angelitos siblings the not-so-nice title of pocha, or pocho if you're a boy, meaning that she and her siblings assimilated way too well, learning English first and basic Spanish, well, on the fly. Espy thought she spoke pretty good Spanish, eh? After all, she did get a C on her Spanish final. (laughs) But upon a family pilgrimage to Mexico, she discovered the truth. Hearing Espy's Spanish brought friends and neighbors out of their homes and onto the street. Espy was a loud girl. The friends and neighbors began to laugh at Espy Spanish. The more she spoke, the more they laughed. It was official. Espy was a pocha. (laughs) A pocha for (laughs) sure. But Espy's father, the royal mariachi, had arranged the family's pilgrimage to Mexico for an entirely different reason. He arranged it, so that he could meet with the most powerful Mexican music producer in the land. Espy's father had all of his professionally recorded albums from Los Angelitos wrapped carefully in a box in the trunk of the new 1973 Chrysler Tempest. (laughs) As they drove, Espy daydreamed about his success, hoping it would mean that she would move to Mexico, live in style, learn real Spanish, and not be a pocha anymore. But more than anything she hoped it would mean that she lived as far away from the new husband as possible. The hole in her soul was growing and she was so very tired of the secret. Unfortunately upon opening the trunk all her dreams were dashed. All of her father's records had melted. His utter devastation filled the car along with the dust from the road they had to leave the windows open and the heater on because apparently the air conditioner had broken, along with her father's heart. Espy stayed silent in the back seat of the Tempest all the way back to the land of Los Angelitos. Back home, Espy effortlessly resumed her role as a mini translator. A mini translator is a Latina kid that translates for their parents. You know, at the Edison counter. Southern California Gas or the Wineman's department store. Excuse me, can we piece some more on our layaway and can we see it? <laughs> they used to love to visit the clothes they had on layaway, to hold it, put their face in it and smell it. <sighs> and watch it go back behind the department store door until that long awaited day. When it was theirs. Espy <laughs> and the other mini translators became quite eloquent, often leading to comments like, wow, an articulate Mexican, look, come see. <laughs> One of Espy's favorite places was the Alcazar. At first she thought it was called the Alcatraz, but that's a metaphor for another story. <laughs> the Alcazar was a movie house with velvet curtains and wisps of a glorious past. Every Saturday, they would be dropped off for six hours. Brothers, sisters, nephews, nieces, da- no. It was $2 for three features, and it was miraculous. All the mothers would peel off, grinning on their way to happy hour. <laughs> The kids, we brought popcorn and candy, but Espy's favorite was this big jar of dill pickles with pickles the size of a partridge family lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they
4: watched movies like The Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> oh can you see the morning after <laughs> Or Shaft? Shaft oh. Shut your mouth. But I'm talking about Shaft. <laughs> The Alcazar was miraculous. <laughs> the Alcazar soothed the soul, Nespy's soul, <coughs> and made her think what it might be like to not carry the secret anymore. Sometimes the returning happy our mommies would be so happy, the Alcazar security guard would drive all his kids home. But that was OK, because the Alcazar was miraculous. SP's Junior High School was this crazy, inner-city, racially-heated cauldron. Half brown, half white. Every eighth-grade dance, every eighth-grade dance, the cholas got all hot and bothered and started wanting to fight white people. And every great eighth-grade dance, they would fight someone. Maybe a surfer chick, maybe a jock, maybe even a teacher. They even tried to fight Espy on occasion, but she would just hold up her hands and say, oh no, I'm Mexican. Can't you see? <laughs> it was terrifying, but it was always a great show. Almost as good as Poseidon Adventure. But it also taught Espy how to fight not the random kind of explosive chola fighting, but a specific kind of fighting that would start to heal the whole In her soul. So Espy fought. She fought a lot. First for herself and then for others. She decided it was time to tell the secret and so she did. And to her surprise, the hole in her soul was no more. So she told others to tell their secret. And then the place that used to be the hole in her soul, it became something else. It became the place where she was clear and empowered and kind. It became the place where she made all her best decisions from. It became her strength and sense of humor and beauty and even a book. Yes, that's right, the hole in her heart became a book. It's not finished yet, but it will be. Espy didn't just survive the secret, The secret and the viper sisters and the racism and the alcoholism and all the other isms of the land. She built a big, beautiful, creative, hilarious and fulfilling life of it, which is really the best happy ever after there is.
1: closing out this week's episode Catalina Solis
2: I'm from here
1: here's the story please join us every other Tuesday for a new round of freshly minted stories I am Kim Maxwell of Kim Maxwell Studio and we teach people to launch their stories loudly and unapologetically into the world. To laugh more, risk more, and have bigger lives. The Townies podcast is co-produced by Lily Brown, Asa Larmuth, and Ken Eros. Studio engineering and mixing by Eros Creative and Sound. The Townies theme song was written and performed by Rain Perry, recorded and mixed by Martin Young and mastered by Mark Hallman at the Congress House. The Townies Podcast is in part made possible by a generous grant from the Ojai Arts Commission and the City of Ohio. a small town with big stories. You can find out more about us at thetowniespodcast.org. Thank you for listening. It's not going to go well at the pearly gates, Ken. You're going to be like, you know, I'm sorry. It was funny. Ooh, oh, if I
2: offended What? oh. oh. <laughs> this is it. Oh. I was just doing another bit.
1: <laughs> doing a bit to the very end. Oh. <laughs> wow. Ken's Comedy Corner more like it. Okay. day. Mm-hmm. <laughs>